Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All across the fantasy universe, welcome one and all to the Two Points Stance, powered by FantasyPoints.com. I'm your host, Brian Drake, on Twitter at DrakeFantasy. Hanging and banging with my main man, the one to two putt machine on the golf course. It is, of course, the managing editor of fantasypoints.com, Mr. Joe Dolan or FG underscore Dolan for you badasses on Twitter. Joe, what's going on, brother? How are OTAs treating you? Um, they're doing all right, Drake. Um, you don't want to overreact too much to news this time of year, but you also don't want to underreact to news. You want to be able to use this and say hey we started here and buzz of this back in may and back in and then in august maybe the things continue or maybe we're just going to forget about some of this but it, it's it's going well keeping up with the news i just had my wedding anniversary congratulations how many so, years uh eight years it was eight oh, years we all we oof. did was watch i think you should leave last night that's uh the new season of i think you should leave with split a bottle of wine did that um we're going to charleston south carolina tomorrow uh, well, I guess that would be today uh, for those of you listening to it. And we're going to gonna go hang out in Charleston, get some dinner, see a show, you know, um, looking forward to that in a, in a big way and just easing into the summer here. But we're also, you and I were discussing off air about maybe mm -hmm. the franchise focus podcast series, the things that we got to get going. Um, really just uh, it's, it's fantasy football season, man. I, I mean, it's, I, I'm doing drafts. I'm getting notified. I got the dreaded. You have 10 minutes left to make your pick alert uh -oh. this morning. And I'm like, oh, no, I hate when I do that. But I was <laughs> able to get I haven't missed a pick yet. I haven't auto picked a pick yet. And I'm doing dozens of drafts. You didn't forget your anniversary. You didn't forget when to draft. You got all your bases covered. Really, marriage, folks, is I can boil it down for you guys like this. It's just finding somebody to watch TV with. Find someone that enjoys watching the same stupid shows you like and you'll have a successful marriage. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Today, what we're going to do is we're going to lean into our main man, Tom Brawley's OTA column over at fantasypoints.com. I want you guys to go over there and check that out. We're going to kick things off with DeAndre Hopkins. He is out of Arizona. They're going to eat $22.6 million, yowza, and void the final two years of Hopkins' contract. So here's the situation. He's a free agent. He can sign wherever he wants. And there's rumors out there of, oh, he wants to go to Buffalo. He wants to go to Kansas City. Well, he's going to turn 31, uh, I think, next this coming week. This week, next week. So he's getting up there in age, wants to play for a contender. But he's also in a weird situation, Joe, where OBJ signed a $15 million guaranteed contract. I'm looking at who's got the cap space out here available yeah. There's not a lot of squads with cap space once they sign the rookie class that can pay that for him. He might have to now 
scale it back and just say, okay, if I'm doing a one-year deal, give me one year, I don't know, $6 million and I'll come play for you and be a mercenary. What do you think happens ultimately with Hopkins in the NFL and for fantasy? Well, I think he's going to sign with a better team than the Cardinals, which is, Drake, that is not in any way a, a provocative statement because the Cardinals have the lowest win total, projected win total in the NFL. I think he signs with a contender. Um, mm-hmm. Buffalo and Kansas City do make the most sense to me. If he went to Baltimore, I'd just throw up my hands because we're already trying to navigate Baltimore. Baltimore's already got this kind of theoretical good receiving core, but Odell Beckham had more 100-yard games in the Obama administration than he's had since. <laughs> like that, that, like literally, think about that. Back to how long ago it's been since Odell Beckham was elite, and I know that multiple circumstances led to that. We still don't know if Rashad Bateman's good because he's dealt with injuries. Zay Flowers, I like him, but he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. If, if Hopkins goes in there, I mean, this this could be, oh, look at this great Madden receiving core, and maybe it's not good at all. Kansas City, I, I don't think it matters if he's good or not. I don't think Juju Smith-Schuster was good, but he still produced decent enough numbers. Buffalo, I'm not sure it matters if he's good or not because of Josh Allen, and Buffalo has a big need on the perimeter. I don't honestly almost prefer him to go to Buffalo. I know I, I talked to Mike Clay today on the Ross Tucker uh, Fantasy Feast podcast, and Mike thinks Kansas City's the best fit. I, I don't know if I have a huge disagreement with that. I think Buffalo might be the best fit in my mind. Um, but, Drake, I want to ask you a question. Not that a team is going to get fleeced the way the Titans did here. Do you think there's a Julio Jones kind of potential situation here? I think Hopkins is better than that. I don't think he's cooked. I think he can come in and play a a, a role for a team that maybe he doesn't have to be the alpha. Maybe they have someone else on the outside. Like you mentioned in Buffalo, he could fill in. Uh, imagine him as like a big slot. You know, you don't stick him on the outside. Just to throw this at you, by the way, I'm no capologist, but I'm, I'm at overthecap.com and I'm looking at the available cap space for teams for this year. The Chiefs have $652,000. The Bills have $1.4 million, and they still have to sign uh, some players and get to that 51 for the, you know, the mm-hmm. rookie class and all that good stuff. Again, in the NFL, you can make stuff happen. You turn stuff into a signing bonus. Yakety schmackety. Some of the teams that are interesting to me in terms of who actually does have cash right now, one team that kind of sticks out to me. I don't You tell me if this I'm totally off base here. The Los Angeles Chargers. They got $12 million available. Big Mike can't stay healthy. You got Keenan Allen's getting older. I, I don't know. That's, Quentin I, Johnston's a rookie. It's kind of yeah, fun. It, in a way, that's kind of like a better version of the Ravens supporting cast, right? Like, yep. well, we're not sure if Quentin Johnston's good. We know Keenan Allen's good, but he missed half of last season with a hamstring injury, and we know hamstrings can be a bitch. Mike Williams has never been healthy. So, no, I think that one makes sense as well. Um, now, the problem I think the Chargers had, and this was an issue, um, you know, Ross brought this up on the podcast today. He was like, one of the reasons sideways Joe Lombardi did throw sideways a lot is because they didn't think they had any speed. You remember, I think it was I think it was Jalen Guyton got hurt early last year, and then they were just completely limited in what they could do down the field. Uh, maybe one of the reasons they went out and got Quentin Johnston. But Hopkins mm. doesn't add speed to your offense. No. Um, and here are a couple concerning stats I want to bring up. Fire them away. 
this is from Fantasy Points data. We will have news on that shortly. Drake, you're going to get a sneak peek starting, I believe, tomorrow. So Let's uh, go, baby. I got uh, all the time uh, in the world on my hands now. Graham Barfield brought this up to my attention. At, last year, out of 105 qualifying wide receivers, Hopkins was 72nd in yards per route run versus man coverage. He was 96th of 105 receivers in yards per target over expectation. Basically, he averaged 4.3 fewer yards per target than expected against man, depending on his his depth of target and what the average player should be expected to perform. So the fact of the matter is DeAndre Hopkins did not play very well against man. Was that part of the offensive problems? Was it part of Kyler Murray problems? Could Uh, be. Four of those games, too, were with Colt McCoy. Oh, for sure. Um... And that leads to another point. Yes, this team's going to stink. But sometimes we go after teams' receivers when the team stinks because they're playing from behind. Mm-hmm. In six games without DeAndre Hopkins last year, Hollywood Brown was fifth among wide receivers, or would have been fifth over the full season with 10.7 targets per game, and would have been seventh with 18.3 fantasy points per game. He is still available in the 30s at wide receiver on underdog fantasy drafts. That will change soon. Um, Hollywood Brown is really all they got. Brings to mind another player. Drake, I remember saying when we were doing our rookie draft at the FFPC, and I was like, I can't believe this guy's still on the board. He's he's got third-round draft capital at the wide receiver position. Michael Wilson was free in rookie drafts. He is no longer going to be so, but he could be their best player on the outside. There is a lot of ripple effects here that we can analyze even without knowing where DeAndre Hopkins is going to land, and maybe by our next show next week, we have a landing spot for Hopkins. Two other teams I'll throw at you I think are sneaky landing spots. The Detroit Lions have a ton of dough. He would be a nice fit for those guys. And how about the New Orleans Saints? They finally have some money. They're at $14 million in cap space right now. You know, we've got Chris Olave. Then you've got a lot of, you know, got your hope and prayer Shahid. guys. Shahid, who, who's a certain kind of player, you know? That's a good landing spot right there. I think if he went to the Saints. I wonder how much. Because Olave, Carl- he's your shot guy now. Yeah, Derek Carr locking onto one guy would worry me. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there's going to be options. And I don't – I'm not going to begrudge any team that does this, right? Like, Mm -hmm. all it costs is money. And it's probably going to be a one-year deal. I can't imagine he's going to sign a two. Uh, Maybe it's one where there's a little penalty if they get out of it after it. But you're right. Like I think Buffalo and Kansas city stand out above all because those are true contenders who have a need at the position. But then you look at somebody like new Orleans could use a nice two. I, I don't, I don't think this is going to happen, but you can never count out Howie Roseman here. Okay. Um, like, and, and you know what they're saying is like, this is where you're get with the Eagles is like, well, you know, if AJ Brown or Devonte Smith go down, then they're probably in trouble. I mean, I think there's a lot of teams who would say if you have a player of the quality of those two went down, you're in trouble. But you could look at the depth and say they currently have a wide receiver three battle between Alameda Zacchaeus and Quez Watkins. Quez Watkins had an atrocious drop in the Super Bowl, and Zacchaeus is a guy. Now, I don't think Hopkins is the kind of guy who's going to play those roles, but you could see a team like the Eagles having maybe some interest there. I expect that DeAndre Hopkins has gotten a lot of phone calls in the past week plus. Um, I think teams were 
teams were probably evaluating the trade market. And the reason the trade market was relatively quiet was because I feel like the teams around the NFL knew this was inevitable. The Cardinals had no leverage. They were going to cut them. Um, Hopkins wanted out and they didn't have, they're not going to have to give up anything but money. I worry that maybe he's not as toast as Julio when Julio was with the Titans, but I do worry that if he lands though, in a spot like Kansas city, everybody is going to go freaking nuts for him. Oh, of course. And I'm just going to be completely out. I was totally out on Julio as a Titan. Um, if, if Hopkins is a chief, I, I don't, I don't think I could say I'm all the way out because of, because of Mahomes. Um, but I, I wonder if the the Chiefs, maybe the Bills, um, just that name value being associated with with Mahomes, being associated with Allen, prices me out of the DeAndre Hopkins market. But but again, that's all speculative right now until we know where he signs. Well, let's dive into the rest of the NFL and the OTA conversation. We mentioned the Buffalo Bills as a possible landing spot for Hopkins. They added a new toy in the first round of the draft this year. It was Dalton Kincaid. They traded up late in the first round to get him. And in OTAs, OC Ken Dorsey right now is kind of pumping the brakes a little bit on Kincaid's role. He said they're, quote, nowhere close to knowing what the big picture is going to be because we have to learn him and he has to learn us. So this guy right now, you know, pronouns, pal, uh, Dalton Kincaid, coming off as tight end 11 in on underdog right now. To me, way too rich, way too rich. Love Khalil Shakir as a possible uh, late sneaky ad as the Bills slot receiver. But there's no chance in the world I'm taking Dalton Kincaid at tight end 11 right now. I think he's being crazy overvalued. Yeah, that's a little much to me. Uh, I, again, like, you take the guy, you trade up for him. The expectation is you have a plan. <laughs> the, the quote, we're nowhere close to knowing what the big <laughs> picture is. That is a little concerning for, especially at a position where, you know, and I think when you trade up for Dalton Kincaid, I think you expect he's going to, they're going to, they're both going to be listed as tight end, but I think the expectation is he's going to play a different position than Dawson Knox. Mm-hmm. Uh, Knox more of the, your traditional inline tight end, but when you have a very capable player like Knox, who you recently extended, tight end 11 is too much, man. It, it, it really is. It's, I, I think you're, it's the markets are looking at a player who he's got talent. There's a need for a pass catcher here, but I just, I just do not feel like that price is great at all. Then again, you look at the names going after him. How many of these guys do you prefer over Kincaid? Dalton lo- Schultz at tight end 12. Yes. Boring, but could be their top receiver, really. Yeah, so mm-hmm. yes, but boring. Here's one I definitely prefer over him. Chigga Conquo, tight end 13. I prefer Conquo. Everyone loves a Conquo. How's he only tight end 13? He's going to be like tight end I'm, four by I the mean, time. I mean, for a guy who only caught it. a handful of passes last year, that's pretty good, but he was super efficient. Mm-hmm. Cole Komet at tight end 14. I don't love Komet. That's a fine price. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Greg Dolchich. Dolchich, again, 
fine price, but there's a lot of questions there. That That's when I really start to get into, okay, maybe I understand why Dalton Kincaid is going at tight end 11. Because with the exception of like a Conquo, who I view as super appealing, there's nothing really here in Irv Smith, tight end 17. Dalton Kincaid might have more catches after week one than Irv Smith has in his career. You know, like... Jawan Johnson, tight end 18. I kind of like Jawan Johnson, but remember they brought in, uh, they brought in Moreau, um, who, who thankfully got the clear uh, on his diagnosis. So mm-hmm. there's questions there. That's when I begin to understand why Kincaid is getting drafted where he is. I still have not made that pick once, Drake. Um, it just tells you how much you need to invest in tight end mo- it, earlier. It's almost like it's almost like if I'm going to be drafting my tight end one late. Maybe I'll just like triple up on like an Aconquo, yeah. Gerald Everett, and how about a third rookie, Michael Mayer's tight end twenty three. All right, who's gonna... catching passes in L.A. right? Uh, I mean, in Vegas right now. You know, Hunter Renfro might be on his way out of town. Uh, Mac Collins is gone. Maybe Michael Mayer is kind of the pivot play there if you're hmm. looking to invest in a rookie tight end who could have a big role. I'm saying it right now, rookie tight end one, Sam Laporta in Detroit. Love that kid out of Iowa. Think he has a really Really solid season. Let's keep it rolling uh, elsewhere in the AFC East. Oh, what do you know? There's Aaron Rodgers news. Mr. Dolan tweaked a calf in preseason or in a pre-practice run. They say it's not too serious. So two things on the Jets. Number one, Aaron Rodgers, he, you know, he's our grandfather's age. He's, you know, 800 years old and he's you know going to run around. We're always worried about injury with him. That's one conversation. Then also looks like Brees Hall, the hype train's going to get ramped up on him. He's out there jogging around and you know, good. nobody loves, you know, uh training camp, Zabruder film, you know, players running on grass more than I do. You know, it's like, Oh my God, Brees Hall. He just jogged 30 yards in shorts. He's ready. Move him up draft boards. Uh, was, what do you think about the jets here? I think the Jets are kind of fairly priced right now. You know, I think people are really skeptical of making a huge investment into, you know, the aging quarterback on a new team after what happened with Russell Wilson last year. I think Garrett Garrett Wilson was going to be a second-round pick regardless of if, if this was Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo. If it was Zach Wilson... Probably not, but they were never going to go into next year with Zach Wilson as the starter. Brees Hall, I think, in the third round, based on what he was doing last year, very fair price. Okay, like before the injury, and 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 according to our Edwin Porras, this looked like a pretty clean ACL, which you still don't want a guy to have to recover from, but you can get back depending on on where that that injury is if there were, wasn't any associated damage. And then I think people are are being kind of fair with the rest of the Jets. I mean, do you see anyone on this team who you would consider overpriced right now? Even Rodgers. I mean, Rodgers is quarterback 15 on underdog fantasy right now. I don't care what you think. I don't care if you think this is going to be a disaster. This was a guy who was the two-time MVP heading into last season. Had a down year. But quarterback 15, when he's throwing the ball to Garrett Wilson, when he's throwing the ball to his boy Lazard, who is a certain kind of player, but he wanted him. Sure. There's talent here. I mean, nobody is overpriced with the Jets. 
I like the idea also, and, and you can definitely do it. I'm talking redraft, not just your, your, your best ball streets, but you can get Aaron Rodgers and still get a guy like Dak, still get a guy like Cousins, and you can kind of just see Tua. You know, uh, that's a nice uh, pairing right there. Tua and Aaron Rodgers, two guys, maybe a little question marks, but boy, you know, it, it, one gets on a hot streak. You kind of play the matchups a little bit. I'm in on that. I kind of dig that. And like you said, Aaron Rodgers ain't going to give us anything on the ground, but it, he's good for a touchdown or two every year. And hey, it, oh yeah, he loves to do the championship belt. You know, he'll he'll uh, give yeah. you that. Um, and here's the thing: you even if you want to go really cheap at quarterback, you can do an Aaron Rodgers like Bryce Young pairing. And it costs you nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, Bryce Young is my most drafted QB two so far, just because it, at, at quarterback twenty three, I'm like, this is the top pick in the draft. I thought he was the best quarterback in the draft. I'm, ta- I'll take him there all the time. He's definitely going to start early. They're not going to, they're, he's not going to be on the bench for for very long. Oh, you know, he's splitting reps and Andy Dalton and get out of here with that. Like, come on, <laughs> that's not happening. Like. Bryce Young's going to start, but you can go Rogers, Bryce Young, and have a pretty good pairing there. And you're not going to have to invest, man, a top 110 pick into either guy. Like those are Aaron Rodgers' current ADPs in is in the the 10th round. So you could go nine rounds without drafting a single quarterback and get Aaron Rodgers and Bryce Young for relatively cheap. That's the thing. I think Russell Wilson has kind of spooked people off of Aaron Rodgers, and maybe rightfully so. He didn't have a great year last year, but I'm not balking at that price. I think it's a fine price. Yeah, I'm looking at the players going before Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones, Kirky Cousins, Tua, Dak, Anthony Richardson. Whew, and I mean, boy. you can make the argument for all those guys. I'm not saying like, like the thing about Anthony Richardson is I kind of feel like he's going to be a fantasy disaster or he's going to be really good. I don't feel like there's going to be an in-between. Like, I don't think there's going to be like, I don't think there's going to be a situation where he's like, you know, he didn't run all that much, but he threw 23 touch. I I don't think that's uh, in the range of outcomes for Anthony Richardson. I think either he's going to be a a fantasy stud or it's just not going to happen this year. That's the way I feel about him, but I understand why he's going ahead of Rodgers. If you want to get your hands on a top four quarterback, maybe you're going to pull the trigger on Lamar Jackson. Lamar has told the media that he's going to be doing, quote, less running and more throwing when he was asked about Baltimore's offense under new OC, Todd Monken. So we've got some new weapons to play with in Baltimore. Odell Beckham, they drafted five foot seven Zay Flowers. We've got the returning Rashad Bateman. So we've got some opportunity here for Lamar. A lot of people, though, Joe, they seem to be down on Jackson when we say, oh, he's going to throw more, as Tom Brawley notes here on FantasyPoints.com. He's never topped 3,200-plus passing yards and averaged more than 210 passing yards per game and that was just actually just once the 210 per game in four seasons but here's what I like about Lamar Jackson he was kind of all or nothing what if he's just kind of a good mix of both like a Jalen Hurts like a little Patrick Mahomes like you know Deshaun Watson like I don't need him to go out there and be you know all running all the time but I'm kind of digging a Lamar that's going to throw the football a little more it might open up some running lanes. What do you think? He's never going to run again? Come on, yeah, folks. Pull, he's going to take pull. off and run all the time. He's 26. You know, this isn't this isn't Randall Cunningham with the Vikings, you know? Like, yeah, he's 26 years old. He He's going to run. Is he going to run for 1,200 yards again? Probably not. 
Um, they probably don't want him to. He has more receivers. But if you're parking Lamar Jackson in the pocket, you're doing your offense a disservice. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the receiving core is better. He's all right. He's going to do less running. Right. Lamar Jackson's averaged basically nine fantasy points per game as a runner alone in his career. All right, we can we can deal with less running as long as it's not significantly less. And if it's significantly less, this team's going to stick. Because you're yeah. removing what makes Lamar Jackson one of the most difficult de- players to defend in the NFL. That's not going to happen. He ran for 764 in 12 games, almost exactly the same as what he did in 12 games the year before um, at 767. He's... Here's here's the thing that concerns me and the comparison with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a bull, Drake. Absolutely. Lamar Jackson has run for 12 touchdowns over his last three seasons combined. Jalen Hurts could lose a significant portion of his rushing yardage and still produce at the goal line. He scored 13 touchdowns last year alone. That's not Lamar Jackson's game. So Lamar's Lamar is much more dependent on rushing yards than Jalen Hurts is. With more rushing attempts, you get more rushing yards. So that's the concern. I wonder if they want him to hover around that 750-yard range for a full season, not 12 games. Yeah, and and I wonder if that's kind of where he'll it's it's not going to significantly impact my projection because I'm mean, he's still going to be. I mean, how many how many quarterbacks are you going to project to run for more yards than Lamar Jackson this year? Justin right. Fields? Fields, I mean, maybe Hurts, maybe Richardson, maybe Allen, maybe not. I don't know. But yeah, like, you know, but he'll no, be in the top I, five. He's still gonna be top two or three at the position. So if he doesn't give us nine fantasy points on the ground per week and he gives a six that's still a free touchdown every single week in, in fantasy points so i'm, I'm, with I'm it. pretty high on lamar this year actually me too me too he's, I'm QB, he's qb4 i mean that's where i have him um i think in line and i think you would kind of be foolish to take him over mahomes hurts or allen right now and those three guys are going a full round round and a half ahead of lamar and i think that's where they should be going And if all this talk has you guys jonesing to do a little drafting of your own, why don't you go over to Underdog Fantasy and get in on the biggest fantasy football tournament of all time? That's right. Best Ball Mania 4. They're giving away. This is no joke, folks. $3 million to first place. You want to get in? We got your hookup by using code FANTASYPTS. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app or head to underdogfantasy.com. Again, use Fantasy PTS as the code. We're going to match your first-time deposit up to 100 bucks. When you use Fantasy PTS, you're also going to get an added bonus, a $5 subscription to FantasyPoints.com, all for signing up at Underdog. Fantasy PTS. That's a $60 value with the subscription for just 5 bucks. Must be 18 and up, 19 and up in Alabama, Nebraska, 21 plus in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms do apply. If you're concerned with your play, why shouldn't you be call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP 
in NY, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. In Tennessee, 1-800-889-9789. Lots of great things happening at Underdog. So happy to have them a part of the program. Use code FANTASYPTS. Maybe one of your late-round picks on Underdog, Joe, might be Jerome Ford, the Cleveland Brown back. He's kind of taken over that Kareem Hunt role. They let Hunt walk in free agency. He's still on the street. So now maybe we see Nick Chubb as the big monster up front, and here comes Jerome Ford getting some passes, getting maybe 30 40% of the work on the back end. I'm a big fan. I got him stashed on tons of dynasty benches. Uh, Jerome Ford's a guy I want on my roster because, Lord have mercy, if anything happens to Nick Chubb, you know, Jerome Ford's a league winner. I hate to use that Mm -hmm. term, but that's what it is. Even standalone, do you think Jerome Ford has any value for the Brownies? I'm not anticipating a lot of standalone value. I have Nick Chubb um, pretty high, about as high as you can have him, um, because I do think the lack of Kareem Hunt is going to be good for Nick Chubb. But when you can get one of those handcuffs who, and, and I'm not somebody who handcuffs, but I'll also grab somebody else's handcuff in a best ball draft when I can get one like that who legitimately has top 10 running back within his range of outcomes if certain things break his way I'm always going to be drafting that guy especially when he's as affordable as Jerome Ford is they drafted Jerome Ford I remember Greg Cosell compared Jerome Ford to Kareem Hunt stylistically before the Browns drafted him So the Browns made that pick with an eye to let's replace Kareem Hunt with young Kareem Hunt. He'll sit on the bench for a year. We're not going to bring Hunt back. Then we're going to have somebody who can play this role. I'm still not counting on standalone value for Ford, but I think it's a slam dunk draft pick. On an offense that I anticipate will be pretty good, if it's not pretty good, then the Browns well, they sold their soul to the devil and are going to be paying the check a lot earlier than they thought they were going to uh, with the Deshaun Watson deal. But I do anticipate the offense is going to be better. I absolutely think Jerome Jerome Ford is a phenomenal draft pick at ADP right now. 180 currently on underdog fantasy. So essentially a freebie. Someone else who I know is going to be free. I just did a draft for Rotowire and Allen Robinson, I don't think I drafted Joe. Allen Robinson's a guy who a few years ago was like a top 12 wide receiver when he was playing with the Rams. Now he's not even getting drafted. They're saying his time in Pittsburgh has been slow off the mark because he's got a foot issue. He had a stress fracture that he suffered, so he's been limited, and they're working him primarily out of the slot. Do you have any hope at all for Allen Robinson in Pittsburgh? No. I mean, I thought it was a low-cost move for the Steelers. I mean, what if you could ask the Steelers, like, without, like, completely shooting for the moon, what were your expectations with this trade? And if you were to tell Omar Khan you're going to get 40 catches and five touchdowns out of him, he probably signs up for that, right? They didn't have somebody who could win in the red zone last year. I don't know what the heck happened to Fryermuth. Maybe it was part Pickett. Maybe it was Matt Canada's bullshit offensive design. Pickens wasn't scoring. We know Deontay Johnson let had set the record for targets and catches without scoring a touchdown. I think they view Allen Robinson as let's have somebody who can win as a big slot inside the 20. If he gives us anything more than that, that's a bonus. To quote the great Steve Stifler, you don't score until you score. 
Let's move it on down to Houston, where John Mechie, former Alabama Crimson Tide wide receiver, is a, reportedly a full participant in the offseason program. Remember, he missed his rookie season with leukemia last year, so good for John getting back on the field. Head coach D'Amico Ryan said he's kind of slow right now. He's got a hamstring injury, so it's something to monitor, Joe. You got a guy who's missed all last year. Now he's already kind of with this hammy popping up. They've got your boy Tank Dell they took in the third round. For some reason, they gave Robert Woods $10 million. Uh, you know, C.J. Stroud has Nico Collins. Someone's got to become his favorite toy out there. Could it be John Mechie? Sure could, could it be somebody else? What do you think of the Houston Texans this season? I'll be taking a lot of John Mechie. I'll be taking a lot of Nico Collins because somebody is going to get targeted here, and none of them are expensive. I'm not very interested in Robert Woods, but they did give him a lot of money. I mean, Mechie's basically free right now. 181 on underdog. Yeah, I mean, wide receiver 81. I I think that it's popped up a little bit, but the, I mean, that's your, that's your wide receiver seven. G- good player. He was a second round pick last year. Now, nah, I mean, that's a free square pick for me. That's an easy pick for me to make. I'm glad he's progressing well. Let's bump over to the Jacksonville Jaguars where there's been some news this week about, oh, we might cut back Travis Etienne's workload. Remember last year, he handled 74% of the running back carries following the James Robinson trade. There's Dearness Johnson in town. Tank Bigsby was drafted. If you go back and listen, and you should, to the new AFC Town Hall podcast that Fantasy Points put out, go through all of the teams in the AFC. Our Brett Whitefield talked up Tank Bigsby, really liked him. I think he said Tank's big, Tank Bigsby was his second running back uh, in the draft. And, I mean, th- that's high praise. And the Jags got him in the third round. So maybe... You know, we know Dougie P likes multiple running backs. Travis Etienne, he's just not a very good pass catcher. Could Tank Bigsby or Dearness Johnson eat into this role and devalue Travis Etienne? I really wish they were going to eat into the role. I wish they would give him work as a receiver. This guy was a big-time receiver in college, and most running backs who are great pass catchers in the NFL – Basically learn how to do that in the league. I think it. I think it's becoming a little more common in college for running backs to catch more passes. But a lot of these guys didn't produce as big numbers in college. Like, go look at, like, Darren Sproles' and Ray Rice's, Le'Veon Bell's receiving numbers in college. You'd be stunned by how little they produced as receivers. This guy was elite at this, at this role in college. He didn't catch... More than three passes in a game last year. Mind-boggling. Now, maybe that was just kind of out of necessity. But when you look, at, didn't it seem every week, Drake, that ETN was popping off a big run every week? He was a splash play guy. He reminded me a lot of Saquon Barkley. Two-yard run, one-yard run, run for a loss, run into the ass of your center, 50-yard touchdown. Without Saquon's five, six, seven catch games. Yeah, because remember when uh, he became the man in Jacksonville? Everybody was talking ETN, RB1 for the rest of the season. Got no bigger stud out there. He had some big-time duds down the stretch. Uh, again, because he doesn't catch the football. Maybe that's a function of the offense. Maybe that's just him. Uh, but, you know, hey, we'll see. They do – go ahead. I don't care if they give to carries Tank Bigsby. Give targets to ETN. Scott Barrett has proven it with the research. In PPR, 
a target, not a catch, a target for a running back is worth 2.5 times as much as a carry. So I want targets for ETN. I don't care if his role looks like prime Alvin Kamara, 170 carries, but 90 targets. That's what I want from ETN. I also read here in Jacksonville that Calvin Ridley is turning heads. I love when people give these nonsense reports uh, at OTAs, and he's the ahead worst, of schedule. Worst phrase, turning. Oh, hey, oh. Hey, newsflash. Calvin Ridley's good. Calvin Ridley was really good in Atlanta, and you know he sat for a season. He got popped for gambling, and now he's back. And guess what? He's still young, and he's still good. And right now on underdog, if you're drafting and you're trying to get your hands on Calvin Ridley, He's going off the board at 33 overall. Christian Kirk, about two rounds later at 50 overall. We mentioned about these guys on our last show, but quickly again, if someone didn't hear that, what are your expectations for this Jags receiver group? I think their ADP should should be squeezed. Mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with Ridley going above Christian Kirk because he has a longer track record, but... We know Christian Kirk had an 1,100-yard season with Trevor Lawrence last year while Calvin Ridley was sitting on the sidelines. So I, I just don't think he should be going as far. I, I Honestly, if these guys were going back-to-back, I wouldn't mind that. I, I think I think they should be pinched a little bit. But ultimately, I think it's all good news. For all good news for I want to talk about the Denver Broncos next. And, I mean, this is the ultimate offseason news. We're talking about... Russell Wilson looking, quote, leaner and meaner. I don't know how much meaner Russell Wilson could ever look. He, you know, he looks kind of like a, a teddy bear out there. But, you know, they're saying he's in he's in better shape. He's taken to Sean Payton's offense. My old pal Dwayne McFarlane used to do a pod with him. He had a tweet about Sean Payton's offensive scoring over the years. And if you, you know, throw out 2021 and you go all the way back, there's a lot of top fives, a lot of top tens. All the way back to 2006, you only get out of the top ten, uh, what top 12 once. So Sean Payton knows how to put together an offense. Maybe a lot of that had to do with uh, someone named Drew Brees, but the track record's there. He's a good offensive mind, good play caller. Are you back in on the Broncos? Are we back in on Russ? I know the guru seems to be uh, on that train. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you're just looking at it and you go. They can't be as bad as last year. They can't. Am I back in on him if I'm drafting Judy at ADP, which is like wide receiver 22, 21 right now, 20, somewhere around there? And if I'm drafting Russ as a QB2 at his ADP, QB18, I'm not excited, but like I just, I just drafted Russ on a Mahomes team. I have a Mahomes, Kelsey, and a Russ Judy stack. Oh, I like that. And I feel like that that is kind of where I'll be investing into Russ this year. The ADP is palatable to me. It's not my favorite player to draft. But in the event that he's because he wasn't even he wasn't even 70% of prime Russell Wilson last year. He was like 40%. And in the event he gets to 70, 75 of that, he's gonna be a functional player. He's gonna be a functional fantasy player. But I do think this is a low-end outcome. So I'm not saying this is likely. But I do think 
Russell Wilson getting benched is within the range of outcomes here. Really? Oh, because remember, Sean, Sean Payton. Seemed like Sean Payton didn't. He didn't take no guff, and I don't think he was a big fan. Well, and like, look, Sean Payton is not coming here and having the Walton family tell him, "Oh, you can't bench Russell." Sean Payton has the gravitas to make a move like that. So I, and again, I'm saying this is this might be a five percent outcome. I'm just saying. That would have been absurd to talk about last year. I think that's within the realm, the realm of outcomes this year. Oh, I'd love to see it. What a! I, I know Russ is not a very popular person. Um, I think I was early on that train. Ross Tucker, Ross Tucker started pushing back against that a little bit. Like everybody was picking on him, and and I think what what happened was with the whole Russ thing because I've long held the opinion that he was a cornball. Oh yeah, I feel like everybody was kind of like bottling up this sentiment on him and never, never wanted to go public with it because Russell Wilson has been a media darling for so long. Oh my God, there he goes again. And oh, there he's winning again. And he, and, and, and he was kind of unassailable. I mean, say what you want. The guy won a lot of football games. He went to two Super Bowls. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But I feel like a lot of people just kind of had this boiling, this like just inside of them developing into, I don't, I don't want to say hatred, but a hatred of Russell Wilson's personality. And as soon as he started to struggle, people just wanted to go public with it. Oh, I've always hated this guy. He's always been a phony. <laughs> you know, I think that is why we saw so much backlash in addition to the fact that you know, his play was justifiably worthy of criticism. Javante Williams was dressed. He was out there doing a little bit in OTAs. He had a bad, bad injury. But if he's back, maybe we see him for opening day. I mean, last year, people were taking Javante Williams in the first round of fantasy drafts. That's obviously not happening this year. As you can get uh, Javante, where is he coming off the board? Boo, 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 boo. 91 is his underdog ADP right now. If he's available opening day, you're drafting on Labor Day weekend. Where are you slotting in Javante? Where am I slotting him into my roster? Or where, Like, if we get to opening day, it's opening day weekend, you're drafting with your pals on Labor Day weekend, and he's a full go. He's going to start week one because, I mean, he's out there right now for okay. OTAs could be a thing right now. I mean, he's going, like I said, what, 91. He's in that David Montgomery, James Cook range. How far has he started shooting up boards? I feel like he's going to shoot up into the 60s, maybe higher, if he, especially if he's practicing. I mean, look at how early J.K. Dobbins was going at points last year fifth round even when there was no real news of him practicing and I feel like any positive news on Javante Williams is probably just going to make me dig in my heels a little bit more and just keep drafting Samaj P. Ryan 
Mm-hmm. Because positive news on Javante Williams is going to lead to a fall down the board for Samaje Pirine. I've been calling Pirine September Samaje because I thought at the very least he's got an opportunity to be an RB2 for you over those months. And Samaje Pirine to me just feels like a Sean Payton back. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times over the years have we yelled at Sean Payton for like, you have Alvin Kamara. Why is Mark Ingram getting carries? You have this guy. Why is Chris Ivory getting carries? You have this guy. Why is Kyrie Robinson getting carries? You know, like Mike Bell, you know, like it just Mike feels Bell and like, Kyrie Robinson reference on the show. We're digging deep. Uh, um, how many times have we seen that with Peyton where you're like, you feel like they have a superior player, but he likes his rotations. P Ryan does everything. None of it super well, but he does everything. Mm-hmm. I still feel like Pirine's going to have a significant role here. How about in Las Vegas where the Raiders, this has been more of kind of a media, he said, he said story because that's what media guys do. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, the foot seems to be an issue. There was notes out about his contract being reworked. Devontae Adams isn't very happy with the team. It's kind of a, well, it's not kind of, it's a mess in Las Vegas right now. The vibes are not good with the Raiders, Joe. Um, no, the Jimmy Garoppolo situation with the foot, Devonte Adams forced to trade here to go play with his buddy. His buddy's gone. Isn't it kind of funny how Josh McDaniels look, nobody's going to sit here and say Derek Carr is not a flawed quarterback. Just like nobody said would, would sit there and say that Jay Cutler wasn't a flawed quarterback, but isn't it just kind of funny that he comes in there and immediately starts, you know, imprints his thumb onto the organization. You know, they went from Jay Cutler to Kyle Orton, and now they go from Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's like, why do you make that move? Yeah, right, you might not have had perfect, but now you don't even have good. You got Brian Hoyer. Does Tom Brady come out of the owner's booth? You, you want to talk about 5% outcome ranges? There you go. There's one of them. The fact that Tom Brady the Tom, Tom Brady could come back. I mean, we all thought, like, if Tom Brady didn't retire this offseason, the Raiders were probably, I mean, they were definitely in the top three favorites to sign him, I would say. Maybe number one. Like, I think, I think Tom Brady being a, a Raider quarterback, like, look, we can knock off the specul- speculation too much, but like, why did they make this move for Garoppolo? With the you foot being somebody. the issue that body. it is, uh, yeah. Uh, why not just stick with Stidham? You know. Now, Devonte Adams, I'm still drafting in the first round because I do think, at some point, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo will get Devonte Adams the ball, but the vibes are not good with the Raiders, and when you have a team who is not ostensibly tanking. I don't think the Raiders are. Maybe maybe they're kind of stealthy doing that. Like, the Cardinals have bad vibes. The Cardinals are supposed to stink. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure the Raiders are supposed to stink. And you have bad vibes in May? That's usually a pretty bad sign. You know, if you want to get your vibes going a little better, you want to have a little fun, why don't you go over to the FFPC? We're drafting all summer long, baby. We got tournaments launching. The only thing that's not going yet is that main event. That's going to kick off July 4th weekend. That'll be here before you know it. So right now we've got two tournaments you can get into. 
that have a million-dollar prize pool. Holy smokes. The Fantasy Pros Championship and the FFPC main event. Joe and I, we got in that dynasty orphan game. What if you want to do a dynasty startup? $100 leagues over there at the FFPC. It goes all the way up to five grand. Man, if I had five grand to lay on a dynasty team, Joe, I'm going to be drafting from my yacht like in Ibiza or something like that. It's You guys are ballers out there. I, DM me at Drake Fantasy if you're in that league. Uh, of course, you can play best ball, $125 entry, or maybe their super flex, flex best ball for 35 bucks. That's more my speed. They're off and running, guys. Go over to my FFPC for more information. So a lot going on in the AFC right now, Joe. It's uh, it's good to get back with you. We'll cover the NFC uh, next week. Maybe we'll have a little more information about DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, it should be uh, should be fun times here as the NFL season never ends. It never ends. There's always news. There's always something for us to talk about. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to talk NFC next week. I don't think we plan to do that, but like I looked up at the clock a little bit earlier. I was like, oh, crap, we should probably wrap this up right now. Uh, we and, and we can split it into another show next week. Maybe we'll get some Hopkins news. I would anticipate the market for a guy like that will move pretty quick. Maybe I'm being naive, but... I think by this time next week, Drake, we'll have uh, we'll have something tangible on DeAndre Hopkins. Can't wait. Get over to that YouTube page, folks. YouTube.com slash Fantasy Points. Make sure you're hitting that subscribe button. Leave us a nice review wherever you get your iPod, iTunes, iWhatever, Spotify, however you guys do it. defunct, Drake. My daughter still uses an iPod. She uses it like a phone, and it's I can't get so, off the damn thing. That was the, the, the only market I could think of. And my sister was like, is my niece too young for an iPad? And I was like, eh, it's a little big. And she's like, what about an iPod Touch? I said, I don't even know they still made them, but I had to imagine like 99% of the sales were going to parents Yes, did not want to buy their children a phone. Oh, yeah. You just get them on eBay. They're not that crazy yeah. expensive. She's got a little pink one. She can watch, you know, TikTok and all the people that know mm-hmm. how to do that nonsense uh, on there. And then I have to get it out of her brain like all right see all those people doing that don't do that that's what we don't want to do but what we do want you guys to do come back next week and join us here on the two points stand. thanks for tuning in to this edition of the fantasy points podcast remember to subscribe rate and review on your favorite platform and come join the roster at fantasypoints.com yeah.